Rick. I don't want to pose. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight, I have our poser extraordinaire, Natai. Stand up, join us. <laughs> and with that you probably know exactly what we're doing tonight yes we are doing our fourth (laughs) jojo's part vibe review natai i have to ask you so this this part this uh fourth review is going to be covering episodes 22 through 28 and two of the things we got in this stretch of episodes was both a new op which we knew was coming Mm mm-hmm and a new ED, which none of us were expecting. I mean, no one talked about it, and we were all expecting, okay, I guess, like, part four, there's gonna be one OP, and uh, one ED, right? Yeah. Uh, well, because pretty much every part has had one ED, I guess you could say with the exception of part three, but part three was split into two separate seasons, yeah, exactly. so... Exactly. But yeah, it was it was a pleasant surprise. I know you probably had a big sigh of relief once you... <laughs> realized that freaking you was gone. I, as I have said before, I actually like the song, but I'm very thankful that we have a new ED, especially considering how some of these episodes recently have been ending. Mm-hmm. It would have been a really jarring thing to go from, <laughs> oh my god, death and destruction, and what the fuck is happening next, to, I'm fucking horny! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, freaking it was a great AD. I mean, I mean, at least eventually it got there once it had real animation. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm okay with it gone because we have a new one. It's it's juicy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you, you were telling me you had never even heard this song beforehand. No, I never, never heard of it before. Uh, which and you never even heard cool. of Enigma, have you? I mean, no. But then I realized Enigma appeared before in JoJo only as a stand in Part Four, mm-hmm. which is. Mm, thank yep. you. Mm. Yes, it did. Um, I, I I love I I did love Enigma's music. It, it, it's really good. I think that this particular uh, this choice of song, Modern Crusaders, is actually a really good choice. Mm-hmm. Number one, it harkens back to Stardust Crusaders with its title. Yep. And, and number it's two, gonna... it's it well the the second half especially of part mm. five is sort of shaped up to be a lot like how part three was structured. Yeah. And I think it's just a really good callback. Mm-hmm. And it's to also hype. Yes. It's yeah, so it hype. <laughs> <laughs> the first time it, it played, I was like, oh, this is so good. I didn't know I wanted this in my life. It's it's so solid. Pun totally yeah. intended. <laughs> One thing, I, I saw this in a forum, and I thought I would bring it up regarding the ED. Mm-hmm. So this particular song samples a piece of classical opera music That's called right. O Fortuna. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of hoping, and I, I'm really hoping that David Production ends up doing this, that they use <laughs> O Fortuna in some way during the final fight. That would be pretty dope, because... That would be great. Yeah, that that would set a tone. Uh, yes. We'll see. I, honestly, I have no idea what to expect when it comes to, like... All the fun flourishes that'll be in the final stretch of the show, because I mean, yeah, their production. Especially always... when it comes to, especially when it comes to, well, you know how they have the 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 um, 
tradition of fucking with the OP for like the last few episodes. Yep, yep. Maybe this and time they're gonna fuck with the ED. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, because I mean, segueing to the other new thing in part five, which is the OP. Like the boss appears, but it's a silhouette. So I'm sure that'll change once we actually see the guy. But I wonder mm-hmm. if there's more to the change in the OP. We'll see. It's also a banging song, by the way. Yeah. Daisuke Asagawa is back after Great Days, which was my mm-hmm. third OP ever from JoJo. So, yeah, it's it's good. I like it. I, I, I'm all, I, listening to the song, I also see really a really great opportunity at the end for them to bring all of the uh, singers back to do like that final, mm. um, that final stanza all together. That'd be great. So, I haven't listened to the full uh, version because... It's the same thing that happened with Great Days. I knew, I felt something was kind of so. I, I said to myself, "Okay, I'll just listen to the TV version." And once the show is over and like all the twists have, and have been unraveled, I'll listen to the full version. So I'm just waiting for that. It'll yeah. be a fun surprise, I'm sure. It, oh yeah, it it, it it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, also, Trader's Requiem is really good. Yeah, fun fact about uh, uh, Trader's Requiem, the lyricist is the same uh, lyricist who wrote uh, Sono, Sono Chino Sadame so that's cool just so you know Sono Chino, Chino Sadame <laughs> um, and the uh, what was the other thing alright oh, so Great Days was sung not only by Daisuke the same guy who sings this OP but also he sang it together with Karen Aoki I think was her name it, mm-hmm. they were a duo and they did the whole thing together and this time she doesn't, she isn't like singing with him, but she did translate the song to English. So that's the l- lyrics you hear in the English version. If they're good or bad, that's up to you, but it's a cool fact I, I like. Please, for the love of God, Coda, don't do a version of this by yourself. <laughs> uh, I know yeah. you like singing in English and, and all, but you should keep that shit to yourself, just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, all this right, OP so, is fucking awesome. I like it. Absolutely. Just the music in general in this part is so good. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think when, when all is said and done, I actually might end up writing this down for our end of the year award show as best overall soundtrack. <laughs> just for how good it's been. Sure, it's it's awesome. I mean it's it's up there for sure. I'm yeah. still torn between part four and part five's I mean, actually, overall, not just the soundtrack, but the overall show. But yeah, this soundtrack is so good. Like, the boss's theme that's been played, I mean, so far, several times, it's been awesome, and ah, it's so good. Um, Yeah, for sure. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where it all stacks out at the end. Um, yeah, I know for a fact, though, that you just miss Mori, 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 Radio. Alright, so let's, let's move on. Let's move on from, from music to actual substance of the story. Um, <laughs> For sure. I want to talk about something that's, number one, what's relevant to this stretch of episodes that we're going through, but has been relevant since before then, too. I want to talk about the Lasquadra fights. Because they've been great. Like, yeah. Just the entire, how it's structured and how it's how it's laid out and the, the, the characters, that the stand users, it's all been so fucking fun to watch. Yeah. Even Babyface, which in my opinion, is the weakest one was still a blast to go through. Like, it's so weird, which is awesome, because, you know, this show is fucking weird. But, yeah. Yeah. 
And it, it just it calls back so much to part three when ever when the Stardust Crusaders were facing down Dio's minions. Because mm. that's essentially what this is, except you've replaced Dio's minions with La Squadra and you've replaced Dio with the boss. Yeah. It's just the, the, it's like it, I praise Aragi so much for this because it's like he took all the best aspects of what made all those going through all those fights throughout Stardust Crusaders great and then put them all into a really nice little package. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, it helps that the team itself is just really fun to watch. Like, all of them are just so full of personality. Also, it helps that you have all of these scenes that. It's just the squadra hanging out together and talking to each other, which I is it I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, is it anime original? Um some of it is, but most of it is not. Mm. Cause those parts were awesome. I, I really enjoyed those and yeah, the fights are just they're so brutal. I mean I remember you've you've been hyping me up for a long time that part five is really brutal, but damn, like Yeah, it's we, very we bloody, talk- very brutal. Yeah. We talked before about uh, the White Album fight, but that fucking part where Jordan is just kicking him into that pole is so... Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's and great. It just, like, and like you said, it's, it's fun. Even the, the babyface fight, which we I would definitely agree with you, is probably the weakest one of all the fights. It's still fun to watch. Yeah, because it's, like, it's how so... How often do you see this? How often do you see this in a shonen these days where even <laughs> a weak or kind of, like, slightly off fight is still fun to watch? Fucking rape computer. <laughs> so <laughs> weird. The rape computer. It is weird. I will completely agree with you. And Milan himself was... is just elevating that fight with his commentary. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, whether you're talking about Gelato or... Um... Malone or Risotto or Pesci, they're all fun. Yeah, like again, we touched that's on what it I before. Love about this part. That's yeah. why. That's why. That's part of the. It's one of the biggest reasons why part five has become my favorite part of the manga. Mm. Yeah, the fights are, like the fight that really stood out to me and set the tone for the rest of the show was the Grateful Dead and Beach Boys fight because that fight mm-hmm. was so. It was such an endurance test, and it's so good. God, it's so dynamic. I I like to think that... I've mentioned this to other people before, but I like to think that it's the closest that JoJo's has ever come to being a legitimate thriller. Mm. Yeah, to some extent. Yeah, I can get behind that, actually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we and we've talked about this before when we talked about JoJo's, not just part five, but some of the other uh, episodes of the podcast where we talked about JoJo's. There, there's some parts that focus on other things. Like we talked about part one being basically Victorian or, and mm-hmm. it's really great. That's the great thing about JoJo's is you get this, you get this huge variety through the parts. Like there's, there's literally a part for everyone. Yeah, it's great. It's so versatile and unique and it's awesome. So <laughs> but good. I do. I definitely want to talk about the Clash and Talking Head fight. Clash, Clash. <laughs> First of all, I'm kind of glad that they didn't butcher the the names too much in the in the copyright friendly naming scheme that they got going. Yeah, on. Yeah, Crash is actually a pretty okay translation for it, to be yeah. honest. I forget what was Talking Head called. Uh, I, I forget now. I'll I'll look it up while we talk. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was, it was, 
this is like the closest I think JoJo's has ever been to having like a breather fight. Where like okay. it was kind of I say that because it's the only time in JoJo's, even when I was reading the manga, I was like this, where I was watching this unfold and I kept laughing throughout the fight. Especially the part where Naranch is like basically lying, but he can't stop lying. <laughs> and also, he gets so frustrated. Also, shoutouts to Obakio for being such a judging bitch of Narancha pissing in front of them. But being the the dick who pisses in a like a cup for before Jonah drinks it, I I laugh at that part. He's like, "Hey, why are you pissing in a cup? What are you talking about? You did this, and you you wanted someone to fucking drink it." Oh, side note, it's called talking mouth, apparently. Talking mouth. Okay, see, that's not so bad. Yeah, that ain't bad. It's certainly better than Notorious Chase. That's such um, a good meme. Notorious yeah, the, dick. The, the Clash and Talking Head fight. I just thought it was great because it was funny watching Narancha be literally just trolled. Mm-hmm. And then having to watch everyone else figure out what the fuck is actually going on. But the second half of that fight is really good. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Like, the the first episode, because like, it was a two-part, and the first episode of that fight was kind of weak, I felt. But it was like, it's okay, it was a good time. But then the second episode of that fight was so good. Mm-hmm. And again, oh, so brutal It was brutal fun because you, 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 you had to watch uh, Giorno and Narancha work out exactly how to f- beat these stands. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And they had That's to good. actually use their stands to complement each other, which I thought was interesting because you have Narancha's stand, Aerosmith, which is kind of a long-range stand. But mm-hmm. then you have Gold Experience, which is... Uh, for an inter- I would say an intermediate range stand, but really, for all intents and purposes, a short range stand. Yeah, it's more for close combat. Yeah, so that was just it was fun watching them have to use their stands in concert with each other. Which was a cool mirror to um, to Talking Head and Clash being like working together. Yeah. <laughs> they were working together to fuck over Narancha. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, I can't remember the other one, but Tiziano and the other dude, I, I already forgot his name, but that was capital G gay. <laughs> yes, it was. And I think, like, I think even uh, I think even Squalo was the other guy's name, by the way. Squalo, right. Thanks. Um, yeah. I, I. So even today, uh, Araki says that they're partners but he's never elaborated on what exactly what kind of partner he means <laughs> he yes it was capital g mean. gay <laughs> but it was fun they were a lot of fun to watch yeah it was um just the way they kind of like pose all over each other it's like literal vogue poses <laughs> so good so uh good. so that leads me to the next big fight that we get to notorious big versus spice girl aka notorious <laughs> thick Notorious thick versus <laughs> spicy lady. <laughs> that um, that I mean, talk about like I thought that the plane was gonna be a breather, but then I thought, was, oh wait, there's a JoJo on board. Nah, <laughs> that plane isn't surviving this. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I also, I also like the fact that even the in the Japanese dub they mispronounced it. They kept saying "notorious big" and it's supposed to be bigger. pronounced "notorious big." I love that "notorious bigger." Bigger. 
Oh, and not only did, if you watch the Crunchyroll version, oh, and, and I assume when the Blu-rays come out, it'll be on this as well. Um, they even changed the animation to where they actually put Notorious Chase in the graffiti and mm-hmm. not Notorious B.I.G. And I'm like, how paranoid are you exactly? Speaking of that, shout out to David Production for actually writing all of that in Italian. Like, yes, I couldn't understand everything a thing, is in Italian. but that was cool. Yes, every every actually, if you now that I think about it, any kind of writing that you see like on signs and stuff has all been in Italian, and I I don't speak Italian, but I'd like to talk to someone who does and ask them, is this all correct? <laughs> like, does it make sense, or did they just tra- like throw a few Italian words together? <laughs> but yeah, 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 definitely props to David Production for doing that. It's something that they didn't have to do. Uh, but I'm really glad they did because it definitely helps the immersion <laughs> that they're in Italy, even though they're talking Japanese. Yeah, um, that fight was. But speaking of uh, notorious B.I.G., that fight was re- again brutal, like shit. Mm. Jono fucking cuts cuts off his own arms, <laughs> and it Ooh. and part of it flies out the fucking window. <laughs> Like, okay, I don't know if anyone's ever been in an airplane at, like, 17,000, 18,000 feet and a window blow out. I haven't either, but I've heard stories of people that have. It's not like that at all. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> certainly, like, you would get, if you were that close and the window blew out, you'd probably get most of your body sucked out. Probably. <laughs> I also like how they put, like, a fucking board up against the window thing. That's gonna hold <laughs> That'll Judge hold. Your logic. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that fight was great. Also, it solidified Trish as being an actual really good character. Yeah. Like, what I do really you think enjoyed... of What do you think of Trish's stand and how it manifested? Like, it's always been there. She just needed the right moment for it to come out. That's cool, because, like, I'm okay with it. I mean, if you want to go back to part three, I mean, Kakyoin, ever since he was a kid, he sort of had... Uh, Hierophant Green in the background, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing, only she didn't really interact with Spice Girl because I don't know if she didn't realize she was there or sort of like pushed her away. I don't know, but it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Also, I'm glad. I'm glad you like it because uh, with Part Six coming up, you better get used to it. (laughs) Wait, what? Shush! Don't Uh, spoil me. I'm not. No, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just saying that a majority of people. Especially female characters in that part that have stands. That's the way their stands manifest. Okay. <laughs> like, they've I'm... always been there. They just needed the right time to come out. <laughs> um, they just needed to also... pose hard enough. Yeah, I know. Um, I also think it, it's interesting that Spice Girl is one of the very few sentient stands we've seen so far in JoJo's. And being that it sort of seems to act and talk with its own will. Mm, like you have um, Cheap Trick and Echoes. Yeah, uh, yeah. That those are the actually those are the only two I can think of off the top of my head so far. There might have there been were one a other. Humor. There was Anubis, sort of, because there was a sentient sword. There was yeah. Uh... But see, that was bound to a specific object. Sure, sure. But there, there uh, was there's just a there's a bit of them. Yeah, but it, it's certainly a rarity within you know established JoJo's canon that stands can, like, talk and carry on conversations with their user. Or mm. anyone else, for that matter. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that they certainly play up this idea that Spice Girl is sort of a part of Trish's personality that's just being manifest physically. 
and which I kind of like that sense. Idea. Yeah, which makes sense because that's sort of like stands in general. I mean, think about it. Purple Haze was sort of the manifestation of Bruno's like psychotic side, right? Yeah. So makes sense, and I like it. I really liked her introduction. She's she's dope. She's really cool and fun to like interact with. I really enjoyed it. Oh man, speaking of dope, should we talk about Dopio? The dope. Dopio. Oh wait. By the I way, think, his I, full wait, wait. name, his full name, which I don't actually think has been said so far, is Vinegar Dopio. Wait, wait. I think, I think, I think someone's calling me. Can you hear that? Bring, bring. I actually want to use that as my ringtone. <laughs> I want to like isolate that and use it as my ringtone. Okay. Okay. Okay, so let's back up a bit. That first episode with Dopio, with the flashback to... Okay, let me say this. Those were some of the most what-the-fuck 20 minutes I've seen in a while in JoJo. I was like... Oh, the flashback? Yeah, I was like, huh? Wait, what? So, wait, his mom is underground? What? It's, what? And I guess he's fine now, but it, and he looks the same, but it's been like 50 years, like, or 20 rather. What? Yeah, I was it's so, been more than 20 I've, years. Yeah, I'm still confused, not gonna lie. <laughs> um, yeah, God damn. you're not the only one. A lot of people online that were, were anime-only watches are really confused by that. Like, in a good <laughs> way. I'm, I'm happy with how confused I am, of course, in a good way. Yeah. It's awesome. That makes you want to know more, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was it, it is really confusing, and it, it's one of those things like I don't think Araki thought this through. I I don't think Araki ever thought he was gonna have to explain this. <laughs> <laughs> ah, let's just have some cool shit on screen. It will be fine. Um, but yeah, you actually get introduced to Dopio, who is the boss. Um, let's not elaborate any further because we still don't know for sure what the fuck's going on. Uh, but one of the things that is very obvious at this point is that Dopio is suffering, definitely suffering from multiple personality disorder, For but sure. is also very likely suffering from schizophrenia. Mm. <laughs> um, that whole scene with him and the fortune teller was so eerie and so, uh, so good. Like mm-hmm. the moment, the moment it starts like hulking up and looking like a part one character for some reason, which is, by the way, fucking awesome. And just the voice slowly changes to the boss's voice, and then uh, King Crimson shows up. It's so, it's so well done and eerie, and I love it because JoJo always like has the potential to be eerie as fuck. I mean, yeah. like Notorious B.I.G.'s introduction was really eerie. That standing like as a whole is weird, but yeah, that that episode was so weird, mm-hmm. and I love that. So yeah, I, I thought they pulled it off really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and you find out that uh, King Crimson has a second ability, much yeah, like his epitaph. Yes, mu- much like another stand we know very well called Killer Queen, <laughs> which has multiple abilities. That's going to come into play very soon. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. We're 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 getting to the the last stretch. Yeah, but the the fight between Dopio and Risotto was just fucking amazing. The Metallica and King Crimson fight. Yeah, um, which is cool because we've been hinted a lot about what Metallica actually does. So mm-hmm. it's cool to actually see it in action, you know, because so far we've seen it in a few torture scenes, which is cool and all, but in an actual fight, he's 
is dope is really yeah, you actually got to see it out in the open for what it was yeah it's and, awesome and again super visceral and just brutal and very know? violent and <laughs> very violent, violent. Um, yeah, you, when, the, the scene where uh, Dopio rips the scissors out of his throat, that Ooh, was pretty, yeah. like, you, you look at that, that was like, hardcore. oh, God. <laughs> also, I, I like, there was this one animation cut in particular, which I absolutely loved, which is Dope, Dopio and the hands of Kino Crimson just gathering all of these knives and then pound, just, like, throwing them down on the ground in, in anger. It's so good. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy. Uh, it, it looks so good. Also, I would like to point out one thing that Araki got very, very right about this fight, and that is what happens to your body if all of your iron falls out of it. Your blood actually will turn yellow if that happens. Yeah, which is real cool. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Araki was going to medical school that week, I guess. Um, <laughs> I like it that sometimes Araki inter- like, like injects all of these small, weird details into his stories or even fights. Like mm-hmm. this moment, like and again, this moment that your blood turns yellow. It's because he does that, like all over the place, which is really cool. Whether it's in part four with like all of the small locales in Mario, it's just really fun. Yeah, well, I, I would say one one last thing about the risotto fight is just the way Dopio goes about beating him is oh, it's really so inventive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's li- he's using this like clairvoyance thing that. Uh, the epitaph ability um, mm-hmm. that King Crimson has against Risotto, and he's almost using it against himself too, just to mm-hmm. get to Risotto. And I thought that was actually—it's it's brilliant. But I think, to me, the most brilliant part of the fight was when when uh, Aerosmith appears out of nowhere and mm-hmm. kills Risotto. That's so. Th- that breaks my brain because I'm thinking to myself, "Holy shit!" So, I mean, for the, I wonder how long like Araki was aware of that aspect of Narancha in terms of like using it in that specific way, right? Because mm-hmm. it's such a that that's really inventive, and so um, oh, it's so it's all, good. It was also it was also really cool because Risotto knew that Narancha and the rest of the gang were there and was using Aerosmith to try and find stand users. Right. Um, and he used the fact that Aerosmith was flying around and the sound that Aerosmith made. And Dopio actually looked over to it, looked over to the sound to figure out that he was a stand user. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like really, a really like heads up thing to do. Yeah, that was that was a prime example of like the mind games you have in JoJo. That fight mm-hmm. is certainly so the mind games you have in Part Five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, it's sad right. to see Risotto go like that. He was, it, it was a it good kind of was like I, I do kind of wish that he had been built up a little more than he was. Mm. I mean, it definitely felt for the longest time like he was. I mean, which makes sense because he was their capo. It was like, it was, he was to the squadron what Bruno is to the gang. Pretty much, which yeah. Is, which is really cool. And I don't know. It it was sort of bittersweet to see him go like that, and depressing. Like he goes down with, like the last of his team, you know? Yeah. Like, he's got nothing left. Speaking of bittersweet and going down for the team... No! Um, we, the last thing I want to talk about for for this review is episode 28, which, by the way, has a fucking phenomenal uh, title. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <sighs> R.I.P. Abakio. <laughs> R.I.P. my phone boy. 
No! <laughs> the thickest of stands has fallen. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so I, I do want to talk about, number one, the way he died. Um, mm. I personally think it's a very fitting callback to Kakuin's death in part three. Sure, um, yeah. In the sense, number one, he's donutted to death, which is exactly how Kakuin died. Um, but he also died... He, he also died showing the rest of the team kind of a clue. A clue, yeah. Mm. Which in Kakuin's uh in Kakuin's case in part three, it was he died in order to show the rest of the gang exactly how the world worked. Mm-hmm. Um and in this case he died giving everyone a clue as to what the boss's actual identity was. Yeah. That was that was nerve wracking because the moment the kids were like and approaching with the ball, and the ball got stuck. I was like, "No, no, I know, I know, this is it for him." Yeah. Uh, that that yeah. was very well done, and also his like sort of afterlife um, scene was very touching. Yeah, I do want I do want to talk about that briefly. So, um, in part four, we got a lot of of scenes in the quote unquote afterlife mm-hmm. um, with Remy, um, right. And you kind of get a sense of what the afterlife is sort of like in JoJo's. Um, I just, I'm curious what you think. Do you think this, because we did actually see a bit of, of Akio in this afterlife that JoJo's has sort of established. Do you think this was a missed opportunity to bring back Remy for a cameo? I don't think so, because Remy was sort of in this like middle point between like our words and the afterlife, right? She was she was stuck in Morio because she still hasn't finished her businesses with Kira, right? So, mm-hmm. and this was sort of uh, like a... I like how this was handled because it was sort of a... like a small goodbye before, like, a Bakir truly leaves. And I think the reason I really like his... how his death was handled, it was... Jojo does this thing very well. At first it didn't. Like, back in part one... When uh, Jojo's father died, I think it was done in a very poor way, which is the classic, like, oh, I'm about to die, I'm going to tell you a few last words of goodbye, you know, of that. But ever since that, like, if you go to the end of part one, and ever since that, almost all of the deaths were this very, like, sudden moment that just comes and goes, mm-hmm. which I feel is much more impactful and real, you know? Yeah, kind of, and I really like that it was handled in this way, like this very shocking way. But it still gave Abakio this final scene of goodbye, you know. I mean, yeah, you definitely see that in in part three for sure with Mm -hmm. how the Stardust Crusaders go down one by one, and like there's very little time to process it before you have to move on. I mean, Caesar Um, just dies like instantly the moment that rock falls. That's right. Well, I mean, and then you get that prolonged Caesar. Yeah, like sure. the 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 reaction to that is like it's it's a different case, but I like that the death itself is very sudden, very quick, and very like shocking because it feels uh, more real. I will say one thing that that particular afterlife sequence did it made me feel like Abakio had been redeemed for all the mistakes he'd made in his past yeah, when sure. he was a police officer. Mm-hmm. Like the bribe that cool. he took, and the, I, I also thought it's very fitting that he, in in his afterlife sequence, he was talking to the police officer that got yeah, killed partner. because he took a bribe. Yeah, that scene th- as a whole fitting. was done very well. Yeah, yeah. And then that final shot of like seeing like Abaki on top of the, like the flowers that grew out of him—it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, 
So I one last question before I before I wrap this up. Um, I'm curious as someone who hasn't read the manga and doesn't know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Do you think Abakio is going to be the last person to die? No, no way. <laughs> I don't, dude. I doubt it. Come on. <laughs> There's gonna be a whole lot more death in this part. I can feel it, and I'm not happy about it. I mean, listen, Bruno is like something's wrong with him, so that's already a a big ass flag, just a red flag of death. <laughs> All right, I I'm just curious because I I, knew, I, knew you, I know that you're a, an anime only watcher, so I was just yeah. really curious. I mean, yeah, I I'm I'm expecting it. I'm not prepared for it though. Well, I will say, as not spoiling anything that comes after this, but as someone who has read the manga, I will say there are some really good fights coming up soon. I'm sure. I'm uh, I'm, I'm so, we're in the last stretch. There's only like eleven episodes left, not counting the recap that's coming this week. Actually, yeah. So there's just a whole lot more left, and probably is, half it, of this. I, th- I find it funny. The last three, or actually everything except the first review we've done, has always been in between recap Recaps. episodes. And it's and True. I gotta be honest with you, this is not being done like deliberately. It just kind of works out this way. Yeah, actually, that's very true. I'm, I didn't even think about it, but yeah, it's cool and. I'm I'm really hyped to see what's coming next. I mean, I'm sure h- half of the remaining episodes will be just against the boss. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. But it's cool. I, I'm so excited. I have no clue what's coming. I am curious to see how many episodes the boss, the fight with the boss at the end is going to be. I'm, probably I'm really three curious. F- I'm thinking three. it's going to be at least four episodes. Mm. But anyway, that's all for another review episode. So thank you all there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. If you want to keep up with what we're doing and have a little more fun, you can join our Discord server, become a member of our Facebook group, follow our Twitch channel, and visit our website. And if you have any questions, comments, criticisms, or concerns on this or any episode, feel free to shoot us an email. Links to all of these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, Natai. Good night. Oh, by the way, best battle cry yet. Wanna be? Wanna be? <laughs>